Praise God. Well, we've been in a series for some time now called By Grace Through Faith. By Grace Through Faith. We're going to read Ephesians 2 verse 1 and then um, go on from there. Ephesians 2 verse 1 is then our text. We'll start in verse 1. It says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, that's Satan, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. Verse 4, But God, who is rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not of works, works lest anyone should boast. Verse 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared before him that we should walk in them. Go back to verse 4. It says, but God, so it's saying you were dead. Now, is he talking about physically? No. He's talking about spiritually speaking. He's, talk, he's saying you were dead if we go back, can we just skip back to verse 1? We'll read that. Then we'll skip over back to verse 4. Can you go back to Ephesians 2, verse 1? And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. So we were dead, just like these people. We were dead, spiritually dead. Not physically, spiritually dead. Death, spiritual death is being separated from God. Those that are dead spiritually are, are separated from God. But he said, you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Verse 4, skip down to verse 4. But God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. And then it says, he, he, even when we were dead, he raised us up together. And then in verse 8, it says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. For by grace you have been saved through faith. So we were dead. He saved us. It says in verse 4, because of his great love with which he loved us. That's why. And then we get to here in verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Now I want to get into an area today uh, related to this. If you uh, turn over to Galatians 5, and we'll read verse 1 there. Galatians 5, verse 1. I want to talk about the love of God and that, how that relates to our faith and how that relates to what we're, we've been talking about here. See, God had, we, we read in, in Ephesians uh, 2, verse 8, that it's for by grace you have been saved through faith. And we've said a number of times, Everything God has provided is by His grace. In other words, He has, through His grace, provided salvation for all mankind today. Now, 
The, but the potential is there, but not everybody's going to be saved. And everything else that God has provided is the same way. It's by grace, through faith. Can you put up Ephesians 2, verse 8 real quick, and we'll come back to Galatians 5, but we'll just say a few of these things because not everybody's with us, and, and then we'll go forward. It's, it says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. It's by grace, but it's through faith. And we've said... Just recapping a little bit. It's by His grace that these things have been provided. In other words, if it weren't for His grace, there's no potential to be saved. Doesn't matter how good you are. Doesn't matter who you are. And it doesn't matter if you believe. Believe what? If there's nothing to believe, if He hasn't actually provided the ability to be saved, if He hasn't done the heavy lifting, if Jesus didn't die, if He didn't make legal recompense for our lives, then you can... People can believe whatever they want. It's not going to do anything because there's no substance. You can believe that you're going to get $3 billion tomorrow, but if there's nobody that's provided the $3 billion, you can believe it all day and into next year, and it's just not going to happen. But it could have been provided, and you could say, no way. No way. Not going to believe it. And it could be there, but you're not going to believe it, and so still don't have it. Right? The grace is putting it there. The faith is, okay, I'm taking it. You can't take something that's not there. That's faith. You can, people believe all kinds of crazy things. But it's not, it's, if it's not based on the Word of God, it's just not true. They can believe it. They might be sincere, but it's wrong. On the other hand, if Jesus didn't die, I mean, there's no way, nothing to receive. But if He did, and we don't believe it, Still, and the, the, the end of it is people will not receive what he's provided, even though he's provided it. And that's the way it is with salvation. That's the way it is with everything God has provided. He gives it by grace. Its potential is there to receive salvation and every other thing that he has provided now. But we have to receive it by faith. Now go over to Galatians uh, 5 verse 1, where we were. <clears throat> So here it says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Indeed, I, Paul, say uh, to you if, that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. You have become estranged from Christ. You who attempt to be justified by law, you have fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit, eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. So he's talking about, you know, the uh, circumcision, the, this uh, ritual, and he's saying if you do that just to try to be justified, you, you've already missed it. You're looking at the wrong thing. You're not justified by these works. You're justified by faith in the Lord Jesus. So verse 6 then, he says, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, but faith working through love. Faith working through love. And that's what I want to focus on uh, this morning and, and uh, build on. Faith, see we're talking about it's that, that uh, we're talking about by grace through faith. So faith is important. Our faith working, our faith being uh, active, alive, 
That's how we're going to receive from God. Even though God's provided it, if our faith isn't working, we're not going to receive it. And I know some people don't like that. Some people will get mad about it. Some people go, well, I mean, it can't be all on me. What, you know, where's God in my situation? Well, it's not all on you. Jesus did the heavy lifting, but we still have to believe something. God's not going to force everything to happen. If it, you see, this is why, just real briefly, when people think everything, they'll blame God for everything. And, and you, you'll hear this. I don't have time to dive into this, but I'll just touch it. If you have any questions, you can sit on it or you can you know, ask me. But uh, this phrase is popular. and People say, God is in control. I mean, people will look and they'll, they'll, they'll act like you know what they're talking about. And I'm not, okay, li- hear me. I'm not mocking anybody, okay? I'm just touching on something. We have to understand some things because people will say that and they'll act like, well, that's, I mean, of course God's in control. Well, just look around. You don't have to think too hard. If God's in control of everything and you're going to say everything that happens is His will, look at all the stuff that's going on in the world. That's not good. And we're going to say that's His will then we're attributing to God all the evil in the world. We're saying it's His will. That's blasphemy. Think about it. When something tragic happens, and people say, well, that, you know, God's in control. We don't understand, but God must have had a purpose. It wasn't God. There's an enemy. He's the stealer. He's the killer. He's the thief. When you see these things, it's not God. It's the enemy. God's good. If God's will were done all over the earth, everybody would be healed, everybody would be saved. In fact, we'd be out of here. There's no reason to be on this fallen earth anymore. We're done. We're out of here. The only reason we're here is because we have a job to do. Because there's people that are going to come into the kingdom of God that haven't yet, and when that, that's done, we're out of here. But we need to understand that not everything that happens is God's will. So, God has provided all these good things, but we need to receive them by faith. Okay? So we need to receive them by faith. And so that's why, right, we need to understand some things about how that portion works. Because if we're just going to work, we can't work on God's portion. Do we understand that? God's, t- God's side doesn't need fixing. Can we all agree on that? But see, that's where a lot of people are working on. God's side. Why isn't God doing this? Just think about it. I mean, we've, we probably all the thoughts have crossed our mind. But when you get down to it, what we're saying is God's not, God's not doing what he should do. Then we have big problems. If God, who is perfect, isn't doing his job, we're done. That's the end of the conversation. But that's where a lot of people stop. Well, there is... Our part, which is believing Him. Now, I want to touch on this part today, a facet of this. So important. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, but faith working through love. In the Amplified Classic, it says this, the last part of it. It says, only faith activated and energized and expressed and working through love. Faith activated and energized and expressed and working through love. Let's look at it in the Passion Translation. 
I'll just read the whole verse. It says, when you're placed into the anointed one, that's what Christ means, the anointed one, and joined to him, circumcision and religious obligations can benefit you nothing. All that matters now is living in the faith that is activated and brought to perfection by love. Brought to maturity. Faith brought to maturity by love. Now, that's, that has multiple applications when you talk about it being activated and energized and you look at different translations the way it says that there is an application. But this is what the Bible, I mean, this is what, when you read like the New King James and, and stuff that's very little, that's, it just says faith working by love. You read some other translations, it'll add stuff and say, well, it's how you treat people and whatever. There is an aspect there of, you know, if you're going to think you're going to believe God but treat everybody else very poorly, that's not going to work. There is an aspect to that, but what I want to focus on today is your faith will be activated and energized. Your faith will be what it's supposed to be when we understand God's love for us. And if you understand that, you will love people. But sometimes, see, we're, we, every, how we're going to receive from God is faith. But if you don't believe God loves you, it cripples your faith. And I'm not talking about head knowledge. Everybody in here, if you ask them, you know, does God love you? Oh, yes, he loves me. I know he loves me very much. We're not talking about that. We're talking about day to day. We're talking about when you're driving down the street. We're talking about when the pressures of life, real pressures, are pushing down on you. You may say you love God you, or that God loves you, but how do we act? Do we believe he's going to come through? See, it will be manifested in trust, which is faith. If you truly believe God loves you, then you trust him. If you believe God loves you and you, we know who he is, he's God, then my little situation, no biggie, it'll work out. Because he loves me, he's on my side. See, that's faith. That will release and activate everything he wants to do anyway. If we're tight, if we believe, I don't know, where is God? I don't know how he could... How, you know, why did this happen? And I don't see how I'm ever going to get out of this situation. No faith there. Even though God has provided everything, it's received by faith. No faith. I don't believe God can do it. And he can't. I didn't say won't. He wants to. But he can't. Say, how could the Almighty be limited? He limited himself. He's Almighty, but he limited himself. He gave us a free will. And we don't have to think too hard. We see it every day. You give authority to somebody else in certain... Even your children. If you give them a choice in something and give them the choice, if they make the wrong decision at some point, they have to be able to have the ability to make decisions and you can't get in and do it over for them all the time, right? At some point, yeah, if it's a little kid, you, you, no, come on, that's the wrong thing and you just do it right for them. At some point, as they're growing, you give them ability to make decisions. And if it's truly their decision, even though you can watch and say that's the wrong thing, you let them do it. Well, God's the same way. He's not going to come in and make decisions for us when he has delegated them to us. Does anybody like it when you, you know, if you've worked someplace or in a family or anything where somebody's given you the responsibility and then they, you start to do it and then they come in and go, no, 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 don't do that. And they take it back. That's frustrating. Well, God has given us the ability to do certain things. He will not. You say, well, he's almighty. Yes, and because he's almighty, he gave us the ability to make those decisions. Well, that's going to be greatly hindered believing him if we don't believe he loves us. 
And so faith is activated, it says here. It's activated, energized, expressed, and working through love and amplified. Here it says it's activated and brought to perfection by love. Faith starts to kick in and work when love is present. When we understand God's at our back and He loves us and He loves us so much He gave His Son to die for us, it brings our faith up and we start to act and walk uh, like He's true and walk in His goodness. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Look at the first part of that. For God so loved the world that He gave. God, God didn't just do it out of religious obligation. He did it out of love. And like we read in Ephesians, He did it when we didn't deserve anything. See, we can, it's real easy to fall into a pattern of works to where we think if we, if we deserve it, then we can receive from God. we got to get out of that and believe that we, we, God loved us before we ever did anything for Him. He provided before we ever did anything for Him. So we need to understand it's not our performance that earns anything from God. But you don't want to just go sin. If you sin, you are giving access to the devil and he will eat your lunch. He will, he will do all kinds of things. You give him access to do that. You'll be condemned. You'll feel guilty. And then your faith will not be quickened. You have to understand and then you can, you can take care of it. If you miss it, you need to take care of it and get it. Repent. Say, God, I'm sorry I missed it, and get it right with God, and then believe God that He'll do what He said, which is forgive you and cleanse you, and now your faith can be quickened again, but you don't want to mess with all that junk. But you won't mess with it anyway if you believe this. If we believe God loves us, then why would we, if we believe God has such good things for us, and has a great life for us, and has given His Son so that we can... Uh, live a life that is a blessing and we trust Him, why would I want to mess anything with anything that's going to take me away from that? It's illogical. It's not about people trying to make it, well, you just don't have any fun and, you know, it's just, it's just bondage. No, no, it's bondage when you're led around by habits and addictions and things that you don't want to do, but it owns you. That's not fun. All sin has pleasure for a season, but it bites. It comes back. But when you understand how much God loves you, you start to be... See, faith abounds in every area. You start to say, no, I believe God. He doesn't want me to suffer. He loves me. So if he said, don't do it, I'm not doing it. I'm not, I'm not getting, seeing how close I can get to it. If it's there, I'm, seeing, I'm getting as far away from it as I possibly can. Because I love him and I trust him so much... I want to stay over here. See, it's, it's a total mind shift. It's not about seeing how, what I can get away with because I realize that's going to kill me. Why would you want to be real near to the edge of the cliff? Just see how close I can get. Oh, I might, you know, if I fall off that, I'm dead. But we'll just, this is so fun to see how close I can get. I mean, people are going to wonder, do you have a death wish? You want to go see Jesus? Why are you doing that? But people do it all the time with other stuff. They're like, well, you know, I mean, eh. no, that's just a misunderstanding 
of, of, of God's love and what he said. Romans 5, uh, verse 6. <clears throat> Romans 5, verse 6 says, For when we were still without strength in due time, you don't have to turn here, we'll put it up, just going through a few of these scriptures that, that say some of these same things. For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man one will one die, but perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. Verse 8, but God demonstrates his own love toward us that in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Notice it, the language. God demonstrates his own love toward us. Well, I just don't know if God loves me. He demonstrated his love. The way he demonstrated it is he gave Jesus. Now we're going to keep looking at the scriptures related to this, but we, ought, we, we need to understand God's love for us has been demonstrated. Well, God, God, just show you that, show you, or show me that, how much you love me. He has. If we'll start believing what the Word says, if we'll look at it and just meditate on this fact, our faith will abound. If we, if we will look and, and start looking at what the Word says, then our faith will come up because we'll realize how much He really does love us, which will in turn boost our faith. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. He said, the, li I li the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for for me. Jesus, it says Jesus gave himself for us. He gave, he, Jesus didn't die for himself. He died for us. Now let's turn over to John, 1 John 4, 7. 1 John 4, 7. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, that, in this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that He love, uh, loved us and sent uh, his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Let's go through uh, some of these verses again. Verse 8 said, um, He who does not know God, or he who does not love, does not know God, for God is love. The Bible says God is love. He is love. So to know God is to know Love. To know God is to know how much He loves you. To know God is to know what He is to you. And as a side thing, we're not getting into this really right now, but look at the preceding um, part of that verse. He who does not love does not know God. See, people will focus. People, you can use this as a sledgehammer to beat people over the head. I'm sure there's been many times, you, uh, sermons and stuff that could just... If you, don't know, if you don't love your neighbor, you don't know God. Well, it's, it's focusing on your works and what you're doing. 
But the fact is, look what it's actually saying. If you don't love, it's because you just don't know God. It's not about what you're doing. If you, if you would understand how much God loves you, you would love other people. If you, we got a revelation of what he has done for us and how much he... See, there's security in that. We're talking about faith. We're talking about trust. Well, you trust when you feel secure. Just think of your natural relationships. Think of the people, just get in your mind, naturally speaking, the people that you trust the most. You feel secure around them. You're secure, so you trust what, you're not always thinking, if you really feel secure in a situation, you're not always thinking, well, I don't know what, they'll say something behind my back, or they'll say the wrong thing, or they're going to do the wrong thing. You're thinking, no, they'll do the right thing. They're not going to talk bad about me. They love me. I'm secure. You can feel secure in relationships where you wouldn't even use the word love, but it is love. All right behavior is love. Because it's God. God's love. So if it's godly, it's love. You may not call it that. You may not go to your you know, person at work, go, I love you, man. You might maybe a little awkward at times, but you know, but you know, you can communicate that anyway. You feel secure in a relationship. You feel like, hey man, they got my back. I don't have to worry about it. Somebody else may try to say something, you're like, yeah, whatever, you don't know them. I'm good. Somebody else could come up, you know, whether it's work or some other situation, come up to you and tell you something, and you already know the person, you're like, that doesn't sound right. Eh. And it could just not bother you. You just go and talk to the other person, is it, this is what I'm hearing. Oh, okay, that's what it is. Yeah, I thought it was nothing. But it really didn't bother you. What? You're secure. You know, the devil is always trying to come to you and lie about God to you. But the more secure we are in God, you'd be like, yeah, whatever, you're a liar, shut up. I'm good. That's faith. Do you understand your faith working? The enemy would try to bring thoughts, but the more you're just like, no, his word says this, I trust him. That's faith. That's standing in faith. Your faith will take off the more secure we are. This is key. This is huge. See, faith is not, oh, I'm just trying to have faith. Trying. See, if we're trying to have faith, we are not settled. We don't believe God really loves us, and we're not secure with him. See, we're trying because there's some underlying foundation that's not there. We, we don't really believe he loves us. We don't really believe he's got our back. We don't really believe he'll come through. We may say it, we may talk a good talk, but when push comes to shove in the real pressure of life, we're like, I'm trying. I'm trying to do everything I can. What? Where's God? See, what is that? What is that? Think about it. If it were in a human relationship, I'm trying to do everything. What? what? That doesn't show. That's like, and then you say, well, no, I'm secure. I trust him. No, it doesn't, doesn't, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't, it doesn't jive. It doesn't ring true. Well, the enemy knows this. He knows this, which is why we're not, we're not talking about head knowledge. We're talking about an actual security. Just believing God's got my back. He'll help me. And if I miss it, he'll, he'll, he'll get it in front of me. He'll, he'll help me. He'll help me walk through it. And I believe that what he said is true. But it says here, He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Verse 9, in this the love of God was manifested toward us. Notice, now it's saying this is how we know. This is how the love of God was manifested or made plain, came into reality. That God has sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. 
That's how it was made plain. Verse 10, in this is love, not that we loved God. See, it's flipping that on its head. It's not that you love God. See, all religion makes it about what you can do for the deity, whoever they say it is. God, true faith, true Christianity is God did something for us and we're just reacting to what he said. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for sin. That's love. Is that what he did for us? It's not about what you do. What we do is just a reaction to what he did. How we live on this earth is just a reaction to what he has done. You could say it like this. Our faith is just a reaction to what he's done by his grace. What His grace has put in place because of His love, what He's already provided, our faith is just saying, oh, I trust you, I believe you, and we receive what He has already made available because we know He loves us. We're convinced. How do you know? You just take Him at His word. You, see, we can try to figure it out with our head or we can say, you know what, he, but meditating on and thinking about what He has done in these scriptures will help us. We'll get a revelation of that, which is going to quicken our ability to stand and believe. Uh, 1 John 4, verse 17, just a few verses down. Go ahead and look at that. We'll just uh, go down a little bit further. It says, Love has been perfected among us in this. So love has been perfected or made mature, made complete in this, that we, have, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. See, there's no fear when we, it, when, when we know love, and when we're loved in every situation, whether it's earthly or we're talking about with God, perfect love or mature love or complete love it casts out fear. So that when we're secure, we don't have fear. Well, how is, what is fear in relation to faith? It's the opposite. When you fear, you're not believing. When you fear, you're not in faith. So perfect love casts out fear, which is the opposite of faith. So when you're, when you're uh, secure in love, your faith is strong. You don't fear anything anymore. Well, if you don't fear, you believe. You're strong. You're not afraid of something happening because you believe something else. You're not afraid of going down because you know God's got you. You know He has your back. You know he's, what He's done. He's done. And he, he, He'll guide you and He'll lead you. Well, what if I miss it? Well, that's fear. What if I don't, what if I don't hear Him? What if, I don't, what if I make a mistake? That's fear. What if you make a mistake? He'll help you. What if I turn to make, it, make the wrong turn? He'll be there. What if I, what if I can't hear him? He'll, he'll, get it around to, he'll get it to you. He's a good father. He'll tell you a different way. He'll send six people to come around and tell you. Yeah, but I just don't know if I can hear him. That's fear. I don't believe he's, I don't believe, he's God. He's the almighty. You don't think he can communicate with you? How many of you would believe you have enough sense and intelligence to, well, this is a trick question, sorry. I was going to say to communicate with like a, you know, a toddler. Well, if you've had kids or been around kids, that can be difficult. But what I was going to say, my, the part of my point is, 
If, if, if your responsibility was to help an individual get something and help like a you know, four or five year old thinking that, well, if they make the wrong turn or they don't do the right thing, you're just going to do hands off and go, oh, well, there they go. They're going to make a mistake. No, if it's your responsibility to help them, you're going to keep trying. Well, if we have that much sense to help a toddler, God has been around forever and we are just children. Young children in his sight, he knows. You see, we get too, when we, the fear is coming from this, this anxiety that somehow we have to handle everything and we have too high of an estimation of ourselves. Well, the world will tell you, no, it's you and you only. You got to take care of you and nobody's around to take care of you. That's if you serve Satan. You don't have a good father. That is true. He'll kill you first turn chance he gets. If you yield to him, that's why he's trying to get people to do all kinds of stuff, because he can take them out. And he does. But God, if we're serving him, we have a good father. Now we're in a different family, and we can't think like people that are in a bad family. Satan wants to take you out, but the good thing is, we're in the family of God. God, will, he'll help you. He'll bring you through. He'll tell you. He'll make it louder. It, you know, I'm not saying you, you know, don't go off in the, and try to, that's why we don't want to go do stuff that would take us away from God. If we're walking with him, doing what we know to do, he has access and he is going to get to us what we need. Fear is trying to tell us, oh no, what if this happens? What if that happens? What are you going to do? That's, that is not love. You're not secure in love because if we believe God's there, if we believe God is at our back, then we know He's got us. He's going to help us. Notice it says, it says perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. See, thinking all the time, oh, I just don't, I try, I just don't know if I can, you know, well, I know God wants this for me, but it's so hard. I don't know if, you know, what if I, I do this wrong or I'm trying to believe God. That's all torment. It's torment. It's not believing God. It's not secure in Him. It's not being believing that He's true. I mean, we're talking about the Almighty, all-powerful, God Himself, and we're acting like He can't get the job done. If I make one little misstep, it's all over. Well, He's not very big. I believe He has backup plans. I know He does. As far as if you think you have to walk from now to you, the day you leave this earth perfectly, you're done. You won't make it to the end of the day. You may not make it to the end of the service. Because we're not going to make it perfect. And if you think you have to take every step perfect and say everything right to get the will of God done, you're deceived and you're playing right into the hands of the enemy. Think, and that's a tremendous pressure. And it is torment. You don't believe God is big enough to help you if you don't do it perfect. Newsflash, you're not doing it perfect now. I'm not either. Why don't we just get over that? Oh, I know I'm not doing this perfect, but you know, it's like you know it, you know it, but you're still going to just act like it's, you just got to stay on it. If we would just, I'm not saying be sloppy, but we're not talking about it. We're talking about, you're, you're acting like you got no margin of error if you're going to follow God. There's no faith in that. 
You're having faith in your works. You have faith in your performance. You're saying, if I do it perfect, well, if you need it, did it perfect, you don't need a Savior. Why do you need Jesus? Well, I, no, it's not. Well, it's, you don't, we don't believe this. We don't believe God is true, and He has me, and if I miss it, He'll still be there, and He'll help me, and I'll get up, and I'll go on, and it'll still be good. Do you understand, for the child of God, the ultimate is we win. Do you understand, if you're a child of God, no matter what happens on this earth, at some point in your future, you're going to be standing with Jesus. And anything that you didn't do wrong, didn't do right, you did right, didn't do right, whatever, it's all in your past, and He'll fix everything, and you're going on. Now, we want to do our best with the people we know and love people and all that, but ultimately, every person has a decision. And from here to when you walk off into eternity, all the ups, downs, left, rights, all this stuff, it is going to ultimately be you won. I'm not negating what we do on this earth. It's very important what we do. We need to do the, the plan of God. But if we think somehow something here is just going to destroy everything, we don't have a far enough vision. We need to understand no matter what happens, ultimately for the child of God, we're overcoming. Well, what if you die? Or what if there's some, you know, something happens in you know, your body or whatever? Ultimately for the child of God, you're going to win. And then that can cast out the torment of fear. Well, you know, so what? This doesn't go right. But God's still there and He'll help me through and I'll be over. Well, that faith just starts taking root. Faith starts growing. Faith takes off. Like we read earlier, it's energized because you believe something. You believe God loves you no matter what. He has your back. So you start acting different. You make different decisions. You're not timid because you're like, well, God's here, and I believe the best of my ability, he's, he's telling me to do this. So you step out, and you start seeing things happen because you believe He loves you. It says, He who, may, who fears has not been made perfect in love. Well, you can read it like this. If you don't have any faith, it's because you, you haven't been made perfect in love. If we don't believe anything, if we don't believe something about Him... Sometimes we're just working on the, the well, I, got, I need more word. I need the faith. I, I need to have faith scriptures. And really, it's a layer under that. Are you secure in what he has done? Are you secure? Are we secure in our relationship with him? Praise God. Ephesians, I'm going to read this quick and then I'm going to go to Romans. Ephesians 3, verse 17. It says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. Rooted and grounded. What does rooted and grounded mean? It, it means that that is the foundation, how you're coming up. You're grounded in love. Grounded in what He has done. That's how you're strengthened. That, that foundation allows us to believe Him. Look at Romans 8.31. We'll read this passage. We read this passage um, on Wednesday in a different series, but wanted to get to this here. 
Romans 8.31 says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? See, it's saying, if God is with us, verse 31, if God is for us, who can be against us? See, it's talking about if God is for us, if God loves me, if I know him, then it doesn't matter what's ahead of me. If, if I have this foundation, then what I see go, coming forward, it doesn't matter. It says, He who did not spare his own son, verse 32, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he also, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? In other words, if he has already done the thing that we said is the manifestation and the demonstration of his love, which is his own son, how will he not give me everything else that he's provided? If everything else he's provided by his grace, if he's done that for me, I have access to everything else that he's provided. And how does that come? It comes by believing. This will strengthen us and say, wait a minute, God loves me so much he gave me this. Now all this other stuff is lower than that. All the other things I'm needing in life, whatever it is, whatever challenge we're facing, it is not as expensive as what Jesus already has done. So why would I fret and be tormented over whether this thing is going to be taken care of? Because God has already given me much more. And so I can be, I can be strengthened and, and go forward saying, wait a minute, if, if he's already done this, if he loves me that much, this is nothing. He'll do this. This is no biggie. He'll take care of me in this. He's already done the heavy lifting. Verse 35, it says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword? He say, is there anything that can separate us from God's love, the love of Christ? And he's saying, would any of this stuff separate us? Verse 37, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Notice that. Verse 38, for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. In other words, we will win. It doesn't matter what is going on in between. The love of Christ is so strong that if we'll stick with him, it, all this stuff cannot separate us. We can go through, because then fear will go out the window. Well, what if that happens? Well, God will be there, and He'll help me. What if this happens? God will be there, He'll help me. We'll overcome, we'll keep overcoming, until one day we're going to step off into ultimate reward, and all this stuff that was on this earth is going to be a distant memory. But while we're walking through it, we, if we have, you know, you say, why are you talking about heaven? I have problems here. If we'll, if we'll realize what is coming and how much God loves us, we can bring it back to right now and say, this is nothing, we're overcoming this, and ultimately, none of this stuff is going to take me out. So I'm not going to fret about it now. 2019. I'm not going to fret about it now. We're overcoming now. Because ultimately, you know, have you ever watched a sporting event on recording? And, you know, it turned out to be a really close game, but somehow... You were, you were trying to record it, 
and trying to watch it later, but somebody told you the, the outcome, which didn't make you happy, but you're watching it anyway. And it's a really close game, and it totally looks like your team is going to lose, but you already know they're going to win. So you don't, you're just like, you don't have the emotion. Has anybody ever done that? I know I've done it. You're watching them, and it's like, you know, if you were to watch the Super Bowl, you know, a few years ago, when they came back, you'd be like, this is over. There's no way. But if you're watching it, and you already know, you're like, your, your, your emotions are not doing this. But if you watched it live, you're like, I mean, even for Mr. Brady, this is a lot, right? But if you knew about it, you know, if you're watching something and somebody already ruined it for you, you're going, man, I'm you almost want to feel it because that's why you're watching the game, but you already can't get excited about it. You're like, yeah, I know. I mean, it looks bad, but he's going to do this and that. And okay, they're going to win. Dave, <laughs> told you. That's really the way. See, it might look like, oh, this is going to go down, and oh, no, what if that happens? But if you realize at the end of the game, it's good. We're winning. So why would I be so stressed right now? Has anybody ever been stressed over something that turned out to be nothing? How many things have you ever been uptight about, could not sleep? You were beside yourself for days. I'll admit, there were certain, there's been things where it just, you know, you're trying to sleep, and if there's something weighing, you know, you wake up, pop awake at 3.30 in the morning. Oh. And it's pushing on you. And when that thing was all said and done, it was nothing. Did anybody admit that has ever happened? There are things that we let bug us that at the end of the day, if we were just like, you know, it'll be fine. Somebody said it like this, you know, I, and I won't worry about stuff now. I, always, I worry about it next Wednesday. I put it out in the future, and then when it gets close, I just say, you know what, I'm not going to worry about that now. I'll, I, I'm doing all my worrying, you know, like a week from now. I'm just, I'm tabling it. I'm not going to worry right now. This is my day to worry, and it's always in the future. Do you, you know how many things you avoid? Because most stuff, it doesn't even come to anything. It, it happens, it's nothing. And if we get the, the reality, God is real. He loves me. And so then if we understand the Almighty loves me, so something big's happening. Well, even if it does happen, probably won't, but what if it does happen? He's still with me, and we'll walk through it together, and he's got this. That can make it so we walk through it calm. What's that called? Faith. When we're in the middle of a situation and we just believe something and we believe, no, he's got this. And, you're, and someone else could be like, what? Are you kidding me? Look at the circumstance. Look at the waves. And you're thinking, no, I know God. It'll be fine. What if such and such? It'll be fine. We'll take care of it. Well, but what if it'll be all right? What is that? That's called faith. That's trust. How can you trust in the middle of this? I know him. He loves me. He's got me. Watch. He'll take it. He'll take care of it. It's going to be fine. That's strength. That's security. That's receiving the things he had all along, but in the past we've been too scared, but we just say, no, he's fine, and we step right up to the plate and we go forward. Hallelujah.